As promised, today I am sitting down with world-renowned medium, Tina Powers. If you happen to listen to my podcast a few weeks ago about intuition and learning how to tap into your intuition, I told the story of going to a weekend workshop taught by a medium. Tina is that medium. So I actually think it's really valuable to go back and start with that podcast on intuition. But either way, I know you guys are going to be fascinated by the way Tina sees the world, literally and figuratively. Tina Powers is a former news anchor and reporter who now works as a professional medium and receives psychic messages. She laughingly says it's reporting for the other side. She's been sensitive since childhood, as she'll tell you today in our conversation, and has felt the presence of people who have crossed over. But the intuitive information became a much more powerful force after she made the decision to leave her job in news. This is an inspiring story for anybody who feels called to leave the job that they're in and pursue something different, especially if the thing you're considering pursuing makes everybody else think that maybe you've gone a little bit crazy. This is also a really powerful interview to tap into your guides, your angels, your loved ones who have passed over. Tina lectures on intuition and holds private sessions with clients from all over the world. She is wise and warm and funny, and you will feel instantly at ease with her the same way that I did. I hope you love this conversation with Tina Powers. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. I want to start with your story, if that's sure. cool, because it's really interesting. And I think like such a part of your overall thing. So will you walk listeners through sure. who you are and like how you got to where you are right now? Okay. Well, first of all, I believe that we're all born with psychic gifts and we're all born with intuition and it's our inner compass and that we're not taught how to use it especially by well-meaning adults when we're a child. So as a child, I had all sorts of, I would hear voices. I would sometimes see images and I'd say, you know, I was under five and I knew something was happening, but it was very scary. Um, It's almost like I came into this reality a little more open. Sometimes I say it was almost like missing a layer of skin. Mm, Yeah. Right. And I was always called too sensitive. You're too sensitive. Um, you know, and it was because I could also feel anger. I could feel um, people's intentions and situations. But as a child, I didn't have the words for that. So as I grew up, I, I, I didn't know what a medium was. I didn't know 
what any of it was, except for that my parents now um, in my fifties has said, they've said, you know, we're really sorry. We weren't, yeah. we weren't sure what was going on because a lot of kids are thought that they made up being, uh, you know, imaginary friends who were sometimes guides. Um, and sometimes there'll be an amazing, um, if I can use the word sterling moment, where something is so accurate that it blows away the parent. So as, as we go on with that, um, I think my guides in the other world said, you know what, we've got to toughen her up. So I got thrown in a newsroom. I was, doing, <laughs> I was doing radio. I worked as a reporter uh, right out of college where um, we were at one of the first artificial heart transplants in the, in the world. And I remember wow. when they had pay phones. And so I had to write a story and then call in on the pay phone. And of course, you know, being a young person, you know, in my early 20s, I, I knew what was going on was super important, but also I, I didn't really realize the historic value of what was happening because I was worried about getting the communication and the story across. But I was thrown right in. Um, from there, I ended up uh, from radio into television. I had a lot of really difficult teachers along the way. You know, when those challenges come in, for all of us, they do. Sometimes they're in your family. Sometimes you're in your family and your personal and also your professional life. Um, so I think I've had a PhD in bullies, which I'm still learning. So I can spot it further away going, oh, that's about them, not me. But I'll tell you, being in the middle right. of a newsroom where every day at five, you have to go on the air and be perfect. You know, what's that? Yeah. It's about doing the best we can. So I think I learned to communicate and focus in a certain way because no matter, um, you know, I remember I got sent to cover the OJ Simpson trial. I met Rosa Parks. I met John Denver. I, I would meet all these people. And then the next minute I would be with somebody, um, you know, who was homeless, who was living paycheck to paycheck, who they wouldn't allow their dog in the shelter. And so as a reporter, you get to know that everyone has a story and every story is important. And as this was going on, as you were meeting right. all these people, were you tuning in? Were you getting messages? Were you, was, was this sort of your type of, I, I think, are you clear audience? Like you, so, you explained yes. this to us in class. So, so yes, I was getting messages and yes, I'm, I'm clear audience and clairvoyant. And, and we can talk more about that because we all have those abilities. We just think if we don't yeah. see the burning bush that we're not clairvoyant. <laughs> not it's not always like they say in Hollywood for sure. Yes, um, yes. So I was getting intuitive messages for sure, but I didn't know what it was. It was just sort of as knowings, which I, mm -hmm. I learned uh, were claircognizant. And all the clairs mm -hmm. are clear. So it's clear seeing, mm -hmm. clear knowing, you know, clear hearing, and it's being able to access dimensions that are beyond the one that we're in. And, right. And, right. and back a little bit as a little kid, I just had a knowing that this wasn't all there was. Right. Like it was just inside. I didn't know how to explain it, but I knew I was looking at yeah. this movie outside of myself. So in my mm -hmm. reporting, I think being able to connect with people or interview people or really sit with them in a moment, I was using my skills. Now, were people appearing? Not necessarily, but I was hearing like you asked, uh, yeah. but I didn't know to discern like what it was. It just seemed natural to me. So I think it helped me be a better reporter and a better news anchor. I'm sure. Yeah. Cause you're getting sort of those insights maybe about 
what to ask or kind of knowing something that you shouldn't know. Right. But how how did you make the transition <laughs> from news anchor to medium? This is what you're known for. You're booked months in advance. Like how on earth, what was that transition process like for you? Well, I laugh because I say I'd rather report what they're saying many times in the other world than what they're saying here anymore. Right. right. Nobody knows what to believe anymore. And everybody's hired marketing, PR and spin people. So we really right. at this point on the earth have to go internal about what we feel and trust ourselves way more now. But I had, I guess what I call an aha moment. And I think we all have them through our lives. So in my aha moment, I, um, I got called to a drive-by shooting of a child. He was only 13 years old, this little boy. Mm. And he was walking home from school and it was a gang situation. I remember being on the scene with the photographer. And of course, you know, my job was to report what was happening. And at that moment, I believe I felt the child in the other world. And I witnessed his father coming on the scene because we were there before his father was there. And the agony and the raw pain and all of this. I mean, it was, I felt really embarrassed for being there and witnessing it. And then also my job being to put it on air. So I had my wake up moment. And so I ended up speaking with the father and he invited me into the home. And I think at that point, that's where I became maybe an intermediary or a medium and, and hoping to bring comfort to somebody and he asked me not to follow him around, you know, in the, in the news and in the movies and, you know, how they show reporters or just in people's faces, you know. And, and really the thing about a reporter was to tell the truth, looking for the truth. And I think that's what I've always looked for, even since I was a child. You know, what's the truth? And I could tell when somebody wasn't being truthful because uh, you could feel it. So in that moment, he asked me not to follow him around. And I gave my word. And I went back to the station and they said, we're sending you back out. It was gang related. There's a candlelight vigil tonight. We're sending you back. And I said, I'm not going. And I stood in that moment and there was power in that moment for me personally. And also the producers and everybody looked at me like I'd grown three heads. Like, oh my gosh, is she, you know, she, this is, this is not going to go well. You know? So I was like, am I going to be fired? Uh, what's going to happen? I said, I said, my word is more important than getting this story. And actually we're giving airtime to gang kids who are sitting at home watching this, seeing what they have no idea of the atrocity of the events of this. And, and, and um, so that's when my life changed. And how, like, I feel like, so you make this transition, which I think there's so many people right now who are questioning and wondering, I mean, it's why you have a weekend immersion like you have and all of these people show up for it. How on earth do you figure out what to do next? Like, you know, okay, we're transitioning away from being a news anchor. I'm leaning in over here. My family thinks I'm crazy. Like how do, what steps do you take? You know what? I, I was always interested in mystical and I've always, thank goodness, I've had guides and helpers where I knew if I continued this behavior in the newsroom, I was very unpopular. It's sort of like if somebody <laughs> stops drinking and everybody's drinking and they're like, come over. Like I woke up and I went, no, yeah. I'm telling, I'm perpetuating negativity. I'm not part of a solution. 
But I started to make phone calls and I called people that I knew in radio and I got myself a morning radio show um, gig. And that one came with its, uh, you know, you had to be funny at like 4 a.m. And, <laughs> and it was before live streaming and all of that. And I don't even know how I made it there. But I did. I'd have to drive my car like with one eye open, you know, and so, and he'd be like, you look like a roadie from Leonard Skinner. And I'd be like, I don't even know how I made it here. So I would work, you know, the morning shift until about 10 a.m. And then after that, it's when the Barnes and Noble stores were open and, uh, I would go there and I'd read about astrology. I'd read about um, afterlife communication. I was, you know, always looking outside of sort of the normal. You know, I had people going, no, 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 come this direction, Tina. Let's do the safe thing. And I was like, no, I want to know more about what happens after we pass. Like, I have felt these energies and people around me. What is this? And I, I was always just, you know, because I always have to say to everybody, it, it was placed in our heart what we're passionate about. And it's our job to find that again, right? And mm, that's good. Again is a good, a good word there. Yeah. And so there was a great tool. It was the artist's way. Oh, I love the artist's way. And yes. my mom handed me that. In fact, I was still in the newsroom when that happened. And uh, Julia who I know, it's that um, she was given those marching orders from her guides to write that book to help people unblock and to get back to what you really love and our sole purpose. And also the, if we want to say the magic of our lives, because we're here, we're just used to it, but it is pretty miraculous. I'm curious how, uh, I'm assuming, and having gotten to spend uh, the weekend with you, having some idea of this, but like this feels like my understanding is this is a practice. So for anybody who is feeling something, you can't just feel something one time, kind of like test it out and then not touch it again. Um, it feels like doing yoga or playing the guitar. You have to keep right. stepping into this world again and again. So can you tell us about what that journey was like for you? Well, you know, What happened was, and I think all along the way, like I said, from a child, I think I reconnected with what what was always there. And, um, you know, I love a quote by Picasso. He said, it takes a long time to grow young again. That's good. Because we make it so complicated. We all do. I mean, it's amazing we're all walking around, you know, with this soliloquy in our head or this monologue, and then we're interacting. So... So back to your question, it started, there was a big opening. I think it's like quantum physics, though, what we start paying attention to. So I was reading and I was going to workshops and I was traveling. Like I read Shirley MacLaine's Dancing in the Light. And so I saw who she was seeing. And so I ran over to Galisteo, New Mexico and sat, you know, at the Light Institute. So I would go wherever I was called and I started building my, I call it sometimes my ethereal tool belt. And I didn't know where it was all going. I went to all these psychics. I said, well, what am I supposed to do? What is my purpose? And they just smile because any really good um, guide is not going to give you the total roadmap. Because right. we came here. Because what would be the point? Right. We wouldn't have stronger. Right. We wouldn't have learned from our mistakes. I imagine that you went to a workshop or read a book or met with someone and you're like, oh, that was not. It was was both good and also showing me that words really matter and also the energy under words. 
So many times, you know, somebody could give a reading and they could be gifted, but they didn't have the love underneath of it. So I thought, hmm, I left there kind of feeling not happy. Or somebody can say a word where they introduce doubt to you and and we can hook onto that. And if we agree to that, we can go down a whole different rabbit hole. So, and I also found that, you know, there are some people who, you know, might, might take advantage in a certain way or try to hook people. I had to learn about that manipulation. I'm -hmm. I'm still always learning. So I don't think it's ever over. Um, I always say, this is what I've learned so far. So I learned that the energy of a negative reading could really um, affect me even sometimes for days. And um, Mm. I I had a teacher that was like, oh, so you went and did that again, huh? I guess you needed that. (laughs) She'd be like, get in the shower, like almost envision the shower, just washing it down the drain because really our intention you know, and not to let anybody yes. else stop us. And I learned a really good reading, just like a really good critique will have us go, aha. Yeah. Than, oh, good. uh-oh. And I feel shameful and I shouldn't be doing that. And, you know, all of that. So, um, and then I learned from really great teachers who were amazing healers and um, that when we're ready, the teacher appears. And then I had somebody that once told me when, when we're not ready, the teacher disappears. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I'd love to um, talk through some of the things that I learned from you over that weekend, because I feel like for anybody who's listening and um, is sort of on this journey and doesn't know where to go or what to do, there are things that I took away that Mm -hmm. were really powerful for me. And I'd love your perspective on. So the first thing that I thought was, was interesting, and I did a podcast about this a couple weeks ago, was every single person sitting at the table the first night had had a reading from you. Like everybody had had a reading from you and that's why they were there. And I had never had a reading from you. So I didn't understand how powerful you were or what you can do. I was just like, Ravi told me to take your class. And so I was like, Ravi can tell me that I need to walk across the US and I would do it. Um, so Ravi told me to take your class. I know. And I showed up that day just sort of feeling like I was guided and meant to be there. But everybody had seen, had, had had an interaction with you. And I love your perspective on, do you feel like people have a reading and they go, holy crap, this woman can do something that I wish I could do too? Or do you think it's that they want to be in the presence of that energy? Because there is something so powerful about sitting in that room with people for a few days. Like, what do you think it is that brings people into that space together? Well, first of all, I think that there are destiny points that we all have. And when we're listening inside to our intuition, we show up. I I think our higher self and our soul places us in positions, if we're following it, that our personality can't even fathom, (laughs) right? Right. We're called. I... Um, for me, I'm very aware, not not necessarily that it's me, but it's that an energy, I'm a messenger, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that the messages come from a very loving place. So I think yes. people come to, you know, and, and we all hope, you know, and I, I've had evidence that it's real that people are in another, uh, when we're out of our physical body, that we're in another dimension, of consciousness. Mm -hmm. So to be able to uh, deliver messages from their loved ones, or maybe closure that, that, that we all needed that somehow sitting in that space and collectively going together are, are, if we want to call it frequency or vibration goes higher. 
Yeah. And it's love and joy because let's face it on the earth, there's so many polar opposites. It's North pole, South pole, love, hate, you know, and and the vibrations of joy are so much better. Yeah, for sure. So I think they're pulled for that. And also I think there's a knowing inside of everyone somewhere that, okay, I, I want to believe this is real. I know I have gifts. I've followed stuff. And instead of going, well, that's really weird. We start going, well, of course, because yeah, you know, so it's a validation that it's real. Number one, number two, they can viscerally feel it if they allow themselves. And then hopefully the opportunity to open up and feel your own light and, and get confirmation for yourself of what you're receiving. Because our world is sort of set up as we grow up that, you know, a lot of it is we're externally focused on validation from others yeah. instead of what we think, what we feel and, and how we can help. I think it is really interesting to have been in that space. Like uh, maybe the first break that we took, like lunchtime or something, uh, you know, I was there with my boyfriend and I was telling him kind of about class and what was happening. and he was like, Oh, it's, it really is just the confidence that you gain when you're in a circle of people who allow you to show up authentically. Because one of the first things you told us, and I think is so powerful for listeners to hear is the idea that you have to be willing to get it wrong. Yes. Like you'll, you'll never grow this. You'll never learn if you aren't willing to make a mistake. So will you tell that story about your teacher? Yes, there was some, yes. And something had, you learned early on? I've had so many amazing teachers, but as this first started to really come through, I remember sitting with my mother-in-law at the time, and all of a sudden in my head, I heard really loudly, and it was inside my mind, I heard the word Lottie. It was like, and then it kept going Lottie, Lottie. Lottie. And so finally I'm looking at her and I go, does the word Lottie mean anything to you? And I said, because I'm hearing it really loudly inside my mind. And she goes, well, I had an aunt Charlotte and, um, but she passed like 30 years ago and we called her Lottie. And I said, wow. And then all of a sudden clairvoyant, which is clear seeing, it's almost like, you know, when we dream at night, Clairvoyance is yeah. seeing also we I can see during the day I see pictures in my mind. So it's not always the Hollywood like, you know, person appearing. They will appear in my mind. And so I saw or send me something. I saw a picture of a shoe. And so I said to her, um, you know, if this is her, I'm seeing a shoe. And she said, Well, she had a shoe store in Britain. And then I when wow. I heard who's Maggie and I just delivered the message, she said, that's my nickname. Nobody knows that. And we were in for like two hours and it was like being on a radio station to the other world that was totally confirmed. So that was like my real opening. And wow, yeah, then what happened is I heard the name Harry Horn and I said, do you know Harry Horn? She says, Ah, you lost it now. I have no idea. (laughs) Well, I didn't have anything at stake, you know? (laughs) So, um, but I thought, huh, that's interesting. And two weeks later, I pick up my dad at the airport and I'm in the, I'm in the car. And he says, you know, you had a second cousin who just passed just a few weeks ago. And I'm really sad you didn't get to meet him, but his name was Harry Horn. Wow. And Jace, who was with That's me at wild. the time, looked at, and we looked at each other and I'm like, this is real. So that opening came 
And I start, all of a sudden people started to come. Well, so did teachers and um, this famous numerologist, Michael um, Cassatt. And uh, I found out, I was looking at the stamps one day, there's a Mary Cassatt, who was a master at the time um, when other, most of the painters were men long ago. And there she is on the stamp. And I asked him, he says, yeah, that's, that's my relative. But he was a numerologist out of Los Angeles. And he said to me, Tina, for as right as you can be, don't be afraid to be wrong. And I took a deep breath because we're taught to be perfect. And what is that anyway? And plus, that's really boring in my opinion. Yeah. It's doing yeah. our best or being excellent and, 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 and pursuing that. But being perfect just makes us really super small. Yeah. And in between the lines. So when he told me that, it freed me. And I thought, you know what? When I've seen a lot of the mediums on television or whatever, you know, I because I worked in television, I know that it's cut also to show everything that's working. But, you know, sometimes I might get something that it's not verified until later on, and I have to be okay with that. Or I could, I could misread something. What is perfect? But I know what's most important is the intention behind what I'm saying. Right. That's good. The reason I, I told you the story in class, I think, and I told it on the podcast, but the reason that I wanted to go to something and I didn't know what to go to was for the first time ever, I started to feel people around me who were not mine. Okay. And, huh? um, I, what, and I was like, <laughs> what is happening? Like, what are you? Your I, mediumship you is open. Right, right. I was like, I don't know what's happening. And one of them was my boyfriend's grandmother. And I did not know her. I didn't, I had never seen a picture. I didn't, but I felt very strongly. And it was early enough in our relationship that I was like, this guy's going to think I'm insane. Like I, this is nuts. And he didn't then have enough information to verify what I was saying, which meant that the person I could talk to was his mom. And she for sure does not believe in this at all. She's Welsh. And I'm like, this woman barely knows me, but I just felt so compelled. So I was like, do you think it's okay if I send your mom, you know, a, a text? So I sent a text and I said, do you believe in, uh, that people who pass can sometimes give messages? She's like, no. <laughs> I just keep feeling really strongly that I'm supposed to, I'm like, okay, well, I do believe it. And I feel like I'm giving, getting a message for you. And I know this is wild. I mean, probably think I'm crazy because we haven't met. Um, but if you ever feel like you would uh, maybe want to hear what I would have to say, um, you know, I'd love to talk to you. You handled that so beautifully, and, by the way. And so uh, I don't hear anything for a couple of days. And then she sends me a text back and said, who's the message from? I said, I said, your mom. And I'm like, Oh God, I hope I'm not going to offend her or this is not bad. And, uh, and so she wrote back tomorrow is her birthday. And so she said, okay, yeah, she said, okay, I'll talk to you. And I'm like crapping my pants. Cause I'm like, I don't know what I'm saying. <gasps> um, and so I talked to her and I was just asking questions and trying to sort of understand more the story of this woman that I feel like had been talking to me. And I said, did she wear a brooch? Did she wear, did, did I keep getting a brooch? I keep, I don't know that, that thing. And I'm sort of like, am I only thinking this? Cause this is like a grandma, maybe grandmas wear brooches. And his mom said, I got her a brooch every year on her birthday. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay. And, and so in. I, yep. And now I'm like, okay, there's something. And so I said, I see 
I see a brooch and it's a, it's a bird and it's really cute. Mm -hmm. And it's not like what, and they said, she said, Oh, I think you're thinking of the peace dove that would have been really important to our family. And I'm like, no, I know what the peace dove looks like. It's not that it's a cute bird. So she's like, you don't know, whatever. And I said, well, just do me a favor. If you ever are looking through things where you check and see if this exists. And so after we get off the phone that day, I get a picture and she said, I have no memory of this brooch. I do not know where it came from, but it is this tiny little blue bird, the cutest little brooch you've ever seen. And the first time I met his mom, she, she gave me that brooch. So uh, that was the very first time that I got, right. but here's my question. Here's my question. Why doesn't that happen more? Why does it only happen every once in a while? Well, it's like, remember when we were in class and sorry, right, I'm, right. I'm no, I get it. Yeah. Well, I think that once we put out the intention that we'd like more messages. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay, that you're open to receive them because yeah. you were close, you know, of course, with your boyfriend and they found, yeah. you know, in the other world, well, maybe she's the way that I can get in. Okay. Yes. So that's why, yes. you know, yeah. but maybe up until then, you know, it had been a little confusing or you weren't sure, but uh, you can ask for that to be opened more. And then you can also ask right. to have boundaries with it and for it to not be open all the time. I kind of, yeah, explain I, this. I, I think this yeah. is fascinating. I have, well, I have this amazing other teacher, Evelyn Regal. I ended up at this Hogwarts for adults. That's called, which sounds amazing. And we all want to go. <laughs> <laughs> it was founded at the turn of the century. Um, they're spiritualists there, and they believe in demonstrating life after life exists. And Houdini used to go there to prove people wrong. And wow. um, I lived outside of, um, you know, uh, Indianapolis, and I heard about this place called Camp Chesterfield. And I remember uh, driving there uh, and uh, stopped at like a 7-Eleven because I was lost. And they said, you mean you're looking for that that devil place? <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure it's a spiritual center of light. Uh, <laughs> and the Dalai Lama was just there. Um, but that, anyways, he reluctantly gave me directions. Uh, but I, I wound up there. And I remember going to a church service on property. And they're clairvoyants, they're mediums. They had seances. They, you know, and I remember at church the people are standing up giving messages. It's called platform reading, which um, which I I do do when I'm asked uh, from the church altar. And I grew up Catholic, so I've gone to Catholic school, and I'm like, this is my kind of church. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was just fascinated by it. And then they did another thing called psychometry which is actually reading objects that people, so it's like a ring or a brooch or, you know, handling something. And then in handling it, you get images or you get feelings from it and it's a touch point. So I had put a ring in a basket they were sending around and mine was like one of the last ones to be read. And all these people are getting these earth shattering uh, messages. And um, she looks at my ring, and then um, I love telling this story. She says, oh, I guess you're going to school. And I'm like, that. and then she puts it back. And I'm like, that's all I get? <laughs> like, like, like people are crying here and I'm going to school or that's it? And so then at the end of this service, they said, we're having a seminary here. And it's for the next like week or 10 days. And I looked at who was there with me. I said, I guess I'm going to school. Yeah. So I stayed. 
And uh, they were like, get up in front of people and give messages. And I didn't even know how to do it. And they said, park your ego at the door because our ego wants to keep us safe. You know, there's healthy ego, I believe, but then there's the ego that's so afraid to be wrong or to keep us like in a very, you know, that perfect thing again. Yeah. (laughs) And um, I, I really opened up there, but I met this teacher, Evelyn Regal, who was a medium who could actually, I mean, this was pretty mind blowing, make things levitate. And I had, I didn't. Wow. And so my mom was like, okay. And she was in her eighties. And I remember sitting on the porch with her and she's smoking a cigarette. And and I remember at the time going, well, that's not very spiritual. I'm like, (laughs) stop it. That's a habit. What are you talking about? I mean, I'm like, because I had had this idea, like we get so pure that, you know, no, (laughs) a lot of mediums I've met, like, you know, they might do things to help them be tethered to the earth whatever that is. But I remember looking at, she's looking at me smoking her cigarette and going, Tina, just because they're knocking on the door doesn't mean you have to let them in on this side or the other side. Yeah. The boundaries, you know, which has been an ongoing thing for me, not just with the other world, but also on this side, um, because we're taught to please or be really, you know, like too nice. <laughs> we we yeah. can be kind, yeah. but we can also be firm with what works for us or not. So, I learned that I could have like an off button in my mind and turn it off or request that before, because it would happen a lot at night. So I was like up all night because a lot of, you know, they're out of body, so they don't need sleep, but I would be getting messages and it was, it was a certain, it was an amazing time, but we can ask our helpers in the other world, our guides, you know, to close those doors for us at night or whenever we want them or to open them. Will you explain, will you talk people through if they're not familiar, what is a helper? What is a spirit guide? What is a a guardian angel? Can you sort of talk about what? Sure. And I always say, this is what I know so far, because we could end up in the other world and they're like, okay, wait, you got this wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So, so angels, I mean, they've been depicted. I remember doing stories on, I did a whole series on angels when I was a reporter. And, you know, they're from the beginning of time as messengers, protectors. And my understanding is, you know, we can call in angels all the time for even, I mean, I call them in for parking spaces sometimes, you know, there is, I do too. I never look for parking. Yeah. You said this and it's so good. When we had class, you were like, there's no drop too small. There really is. Like, you can ask for guidance in anything and it sounds cheesy, but I am totally the same way. I never, ever look for parking. Right. It's always so, we, so and, you know, I ask for them for protection many times at night when I'm feeling vulnerable or afraid. And many times, you know, I'll ask them to come to the you know corners of my bed and watch out at night while I sleep. I believe we have, you know, guardian angel or angels uh, in doing this series you know, so many people depicted stories of where people, when they really needed help and they were praying, that came out of nowhere and maybe took a human form and then disappeared. Uh, my mom, you know, she has she has really bad feet and she was walking from a football game once and somebody, this man came up in like one of those rickshaws and said, do you need a ride? And 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 gave her a ride. And then she turned around to thank him and he was gone. So... And then yeah. I I believe, uh, from what I know, that guides, some of them, you know, they're very benevolent. They're, they're there to help us. We can have guides added. 
I believe before we come in, we have guides to learn about, you know, there are things our soul wanted to know this lifetime, challenges, things to overcome, and they have our back. They're benevolent and they have our back. They will also interfere if it's not our time to go. So sometimes I feel like they're guardrails, you know, mm-hmm. and they whisper to us and they open you know, um, situations for us and we can ask them for help as well. But they, they know what our soul wanted to accomplish this lifetime. And they're right behind us like a cheer squad. Yeah. And then I I almost envision them sometimes going, Oh, she's doing that thing again. (laughs) (laughs) Or I said, when I was younger, I'm sure they had crash helmets on. (laughs) Yeah. All right. And, um, and, and I know that certain guides can, you know, when I was working in news and I had to be very segmented with my time and really be direct, I know I had helpers in the other world with research. You know, there's there's also um, the, I don't, I, it's coming out. So I'm going to, they're called the MAP people, medical assistance personnel. Those are, uh, my understanding is out of body people who studied medicine, who can help from the other side. When if you're having a, mm. you know, a um, physical ailment or something's not going right, you can ask for help and you can even look them up there. You can Google map people or the map. Yeah. And, well, and how do you ask for that guidance? Like, is there, are you using specific language? Are you, if someone's like, Duh, this is, there's something that's like ringing true for me, but I've literally never done it before. What so, the advice you would give? Sometimes I do it with telepathy telepathy inside my head. Sometimes I ask out loud, but I'll just say, you know, I really need help with this. I'm really confused about this. Show me um, an easeful, unmistakable sign. Mm. An easeful, unmistakable sign. And then the whole whole thing is to let go because we keep pulling it back and then we're wearing it. And so we don't allow things to unfold sometimes. So you can ask in your mind, you can ask out loud. You can write things down that you'd like help with. There's no, you can't do it wrong. It's just yeah. get out yeah, there and good. asking for help and guidance. Because I think so many times, you know, we do the same thing over and over again. And we're taught that we asking for help sometimes is a weakness. I actually think it's courageous. And when we don't know, when we're asking and putting that out there, help always comes. Yeah. When we don't ask and we think we should know, or we start to feel shame or guilt about something and it keeps going around and around and around, it's tough. Yeah. But we're not reaching out. We're keeping it all inside. So we might replicate the same circumstances again and again and again. I would love if you feel comfortable, and I don't know if this is putting you on the spot, but I feel like I would love if you're getting any insights or you're getting any sort of readings because I feel like I truly came to your class for the first time because Robbie told me to and I trusted his perspective. But when I saw you read for people, it blew my mind. And I've talked about it so many times. Like I've told friends, I've told my boyfriend that the specificity of what you hear or see, like it's so easy for someone to be listening to this podcast or watching this and thinking like, okay, whatever, but to watch you do what you do is is 
mind blowing and sort of can't be denied. So is there, um, are you getting any, ma- cause you did that a lot. <laughs> You'd be like, the guys won't shut up. This is what I need to say today. Like to, to show people or explain to people well, we'll like your what's skill. Happening, you know? Okay. See um, what's happening. Okay. Um, I am picking up though. I will tell you, as you started to ask a grandfather vibration for you. Mm-hmm. So were yeah. you close with a grandfather or yes. they have a bit, because I, what happens is, is I, I, I hear it. I heard grandfather and, and you've, uh, I know you're really open, you know, that's, that's what's helped you be really successful Yes, because, um, being vulnerable and allowing people to see your process, I believe it helps everyone heal because yeah. we're all human, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so he's talking about your mother, interestingly. Yeah. So he, if it's the same grandpa, he came through when we met the first time he has died in the last, uh, few months. Okay. It was my mom, my mom's dad. Okay. You know, and, and, and just so you know, when it happens, I have no, it, it happens in the moment. So I don't retain it. Right. 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 It's really interesting. I always tell people it's like 50 first dates. I might remember <laughs> the person, but I won't remember what happened. It's like water in a hose that goes through. Yeah. Um, are you writing something right now? Cause he's showing me you, or are you mulling it over? Or are you actually, yeah. because he's showing, it looks like, um, another book or another, uh, and also something I feel will be turned into either television or motion picture. And yeah. that that's, that's, you know, and, and um, he says that the, yes. And, and he, he's a guardian for you in a way. I don't know mm-hmm. if you feel that. Um, yeah. Okay. Hold on here a second. And that you're going to trust yourself. He wants me to tell you and who you're bringing together for these projects. Mm. Because he says there've been some learnings that you've had about <laughs> yep. betrayal. betrayal <laughs> yeah. Okay? Because it's really hard not, and, and, and you know, what my guides are saying is, <laughs> see, what's beautiful about you is that you run in with your heart open. And yeah. I've done this too. And you go, hey, let me help. I want to help. I want to help. And now you're refining what your grandfather's telling me is who you're having help you. Yes. And what the and what the intention or the motive is. Yes, absolutely. Right. Is it for the common good? So the team you're building at this time, I'm hearing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I've also learned to, I had this um Choctaw Indian medicine man that said to me, Tina, bless all your negative teachers. They save you lifetimes. Ooh. Because the negative is just as important as the positive in many ways, because we either stand up, we change something, we heal something, we're determined to have a better life. Yeah, that's good. And to grow. That's good. Who I'm seeing, um, who was involved in the church or why am I seeing a church or a preacher? He was a a preacher. Okay. Because he, wow. Wow. Did yeah. you feel that at all through your yeah. body? Yeah. And so he's like standing at, oh, he's very proud of you. He was like standing at a pulpit in um, this picture that I see of him. And he says he, wow, he wants me to tell you he was wrong about many things. Yeah, he was. He's happy to report to you now. Yeah. yeah. And that he is sorry if he scared you in any way mm. or didn't support you. And also your mother, he says. Yes. That's a whole other story concerning your mother, he yes. says. Yes. And you know, you and I, I don't know. Yeah, what, no, you. nobody knows. Don't worry. That's not something that's written anywhere. There's nothing you could know, but yeah. 
Okay. But that, that that's where some of your work has been mm -hmm. because see, he is so sorry because he influenced her in such a way. And the thought form was, he's calling it limited. Yes. Yeah. And he was so sure he was right. Very fire and brimstone, Pentecostal, like everything's a sin. Every, yeah. God is he, a vengeful God, like the whole thing. He made everyone, he made you afraid to live. Yeah, absolutely. But also um, he's in admiration because you said no. Mm. And you knew something didn't feel right. But it was at great cost, he says, concerning your mother. Yes, yes. And he also shows like you had to walk away. Mm -hmm. It almost makes me want to cry. And I'm not a good medium if I start crying. <laughs> like a news anchor, you know, I mean, I couldn't, they're like, this is happening in Iran. Can you believe those people just love God? Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Like, why can't everyone just be nice to each other? Right. But we came here to, to you know, every, okay, wait, he's pulling me back. He's like, so I'm just seeing how he wants me to say this to you. He says, thank you for having the courage to tell your story. He says, now the pulpit, or he's handed the baton to you. Yeah. And he's very proud of you. And he doesn't know if mom will come around. I don't know what that means, but maybe that means something to you. Yeah. And you're to live your life. He, he's just went, you're to live your life. I understand that. There's also a dog here. Yeah. I just saw. Yeah. Um, now people always go, really? You know, there's, there's animals in the, yeah, there are animals in the other world. I remember the way that I was brought up there. They, they taught us that animals, um, you know, might not make it to heaven or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like what I know to be true is that every living frequency has an energy. Right. Being and a message. Right. And those of us that can tune right. into it or they tune into us, but there's a beloved dog here. I heard beloved dog, that's your dog, but they're in the other world. But also yeah. a dog on the earth as well, or is one coming in? I don't know. I keep like praying for like a soul There's connection a dog. dog. This dog yeah. is showing me a dog on the earth, on the earth. Please. I believe. I Coming believe in. It's funny. Yeah. I believe that. Cause when I was in your session and we did that meditation where we were walking through the valley or whatever, uh, my brother came through and he had our, my childhood dog with him. And I had never like felt her before. I want to say this to you, and it was introduced to me, but I feel the soul of this dog could come back through another. Yeah. And, and and a lot of people are, oh, well, that's crazy pants. And I'm like, no, it's not. Um, look yeah, at the, I'm here Yeah, for look it. at the movie, The Dog's Purpose. That's yeah. oh, I've seen it. <laughs> on a mass level, that consciousness can be in another body. Yeah, yeah. I believe that. And um, we don't have all the answers, but I know many people that have had their animals over and over. And I've often said to, in my prayer or out loud, if it's in your highest good to return to me, show me the way to find you. Ooh, and then yeah, I let go. I like but the soul of this animal is telling me that it's not that long from now, just to, you'll have your eyes open, but it's not like you have to search. It'll... They'll yeah. come to you in a way where somebody says, hey, let's go visit the shelter or, hey, there's this, it's just not to, it's not to be worried about, but there's, there's an animal spirit coming in soon to you. 
Yeah, I believe that. I feel that too, actually. Um, I know you mentioned your brother, but and I will say, he says he's your person. So when you were little. Yeah. Yeah, he was like, he says he's your person. And so, you know, to explain to people, I'm hearing and I'm also seeing images and um, he says he helps you. Do you ever get that feeling? Because, uh, you know, sometimes I call people like a door opener in the other world, but he says that you two have a soul agreement and he's helping you. And he says you do call on him. I do. Absolutely. A lot. And he wants me to tell you like this part of your life. He says he knows it's been... um, or, or perhaps he's just showing that you felt maybe on shaky ground a little bit and that it's going to all of a sudden open on a new level. He just says you're, it's skyrocketing. Allow it to happen, he wants me to tell you. He's yeah. fun. He's funny. He is. Okay, I'm just seeing what else uh, wants to be. Do you have a question? So, yeah, I'll ask you because you knew because I told you this in class, but I lost the baby and I'm so confused as to why. I'm I'm confused as to why I accidentally got pregnant when I wasn't trying and then got excited and then the baby died and my body just kept being pregnant. And I had a, a friend who's a energy healer and medium and she had seen me maybe like 10 days before I found out and she said, Oh, your your baby has been talking to me nonstop. And I remember thinking that was crazy. Cause I was like, I don't feel, I don't feel that in me. I don't feel the spirit of this baby in me. And she had all these messages. And now in retrospect, I know it's because the baby wasn't in me. So I didn't know at the time, but the baby was already gone. And I've just spent weeks crying and grieving and mourning and trying to wrap my mind around why. And, and I don't know that I'll ever know why in life, but it was just been such a weird few months and I don't, I don't get it. First of all, I, I, I just want to tell you, thank you for being so open and vulnerable. And also I'm so, I'm so sorry. I also, my understanding is, and then I'm hoping that there's communication, but that, so sometimes if there's a miscarriage or it, or, or it's known that perhaps the the body and the soul are two different energies. A hundred percent. I actually don't think that there was ever a soul. So I think there was a soul, but I don't think it ever. The body can't house the soul or it's found that there's going to be a learning and a lesson that isn't really needed that, that, that they don't enter. And, uh, you know, we don't get to know everything, of course, because I think some of it is a mystery, but that there's more knowing over there that coming in um, wasn't going to be um, helpful for them or for you with the, hold on here. Let me, let me just make sure I'm hearing this correctly. Yeah. It was determined that it would, that, that the body wasn't going to be able to house the soul. And I think, you know, this on some level. I do. And so this energy is still around you. And, you know, sometimes it's been told to me that, that you, you often see babies that don't even like, even the soul's not in there and they're here. It's like back and forth. They're sort of going in between worlds, just like when you'll see people leaving and they're going in between worlds and the, the soul's getting ready to release. Um, mm. So I'm supposed to tell you that, 
none of your thoughts had anything to do with this ever, meaning that it was there. They knew that it wasn't going to come to fruition in a way that would be helpful or mutually for both of you. So, so it was, and, 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 and that, that not that you thought you did anything wrong ever, but we ask why, and they just want to make sure the soul of this child, that you are not blaming yourself for anything because you, you didn't do anything wrong. And it was a really good exercise on many levels about being really flexible and open and whatever life is. And, and if it's ever supposed to be, it will, it will become again. I keep hearing, I'm okay. I'm okay. And you have this knowing, don't you deep down? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Hold on. And um, they're going to write with you. There'll be some writing that you do on this and they're going to write with you and you're going to be able to communicate with them. And it's going to be very beautiful. You know, the guides want me to say that even when we have an abortion, somebody has an abortion or anything happens like that, that also it's understood that there were things with the mother and that, of course, nobody's, but, but that it, they just want to know that the, that the soul isn't many times, even in the body, just like you felt it wasn't right for the mother on some level. And that there's always forgiveness and there's always bigger reasons. And, you know, what they're telling me too, is your capacity for love grew. Don't you feel it's even deeper? Deeper is what they're saying. And so you've gone really deep within yourself and um, hold on here. I just heard, I love you and I'm okay. And you are okay too. And that there's a grace that's going to come. That's going to help you. Have you ever felt that grace where you're just lifted? Yeah. Where you're lifted and where this all is part of you and part of your story, but they're, they're still around you very close. And they're also said they're going to send you feathers as a confirmation. Oh my God. You're, I have to show you now, Tina. Um, I was, uh, we went to a farmer's market this weekend and I was having such a hard time. I've been having such a hard time. And this uh, this woman was selling dream catchers and she had a stack of Oracle cards or something. And so uh, while I was standing there waiting, my boyfriend had gone to uh, this like uh, crystal bead guy and he got me this bracelet, which is for grief. And um, I was uh, had just come from that. And then I w- am looking at these cards and I pull a card and it is, I, I don't know, I, I have to show you. And I don't know if I can even, if it will show up. So the <gasps> card, well, dang it. The card is, it said, it's the black feather okay. was the card that yeah. I pulled. Um, the, the header said grief and it was black feather. And then the message was that um, it was all about grief. And it was that my guides would send me feathers. And the whole time we've been here, I keep finding black feathers on my runs, on the walks on the beach. Uh, they're all around me. So um, and it's, that, it's, that yeah, is exactly uh, right. They're saying it's from them. Also. Yeah. Yeah, the soul in the other world that's letting you know it's okay. Yeah. And that, you know, yeah. then there's this grace. I love that. So it's already happening. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. Thank you for that. That's, that's yeah. amazing. They wanted to give you that confirmation. Thank and you. also you you realize um, they're telling me that the capacity for your heart opened even more and they thank you for that. It opened you more and you'll yeah. find this down. They're saying you will find that it's even, it's, op- I mean, if you could have an orphanage, you would is what I'm hearing. 
<laughs> right? All the kids, like all the kids. Everybody yeah, sure. come, you know, and I, I yeah. wouldn't doubt that you don't have that in your soul history because you will help many children and many women yeah. and many people on their journey, yeah. which is what you're already doing. So yeah. They're quite around you. You're going to feel them the whole rest of the time you're on the earth. And so they don't want you, you know, certainly we have to go through the grieving process, of course, but they also want you to be elated that they're with you, whether they're in the physical or whether they're in the other worlds. Thank you. That was, that was really a gift today. Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh my gosh. I am. Uh, I love I you. Love you. I love you for nine hours. I love you. We're going to have to do another episode. I already know people are going to be like, we need more. We need more information. Uh, but it is your birthday. I want to be respectful <laughs> of your time. And I know that listeners are going to want, they, they're wanting your website. They'll want social media. They want your book. Like, can you tell us all the sure, places that, that people can interact with you? Yeah. So, so my website is tinapowers.com. And I, I can get emails there. Uh, and you have the most wonderful assistant in Mary ever, who is like a gift an on angel. this planet. So she is and an angel. I'm so, literally. so grateful um, that she's in my life. I just, yeah. yeah. So Mary, yeah. It's, it's also, if you want to talk to, it's Mary at tinapowers.com. Uh, yeah. But you can look on there. I, um, you can also, you know, if you if anybody ever does want to come to Miraval, uh, I work out of Miraval a lot and we do different kind of workshops like the, the one you came yeah. to. And I also travel now that COVID, you know, it's a little different now. I'll be traveling more. So you can look at the tinapowers.com and see, see where I am. Um, also on the East Coast, I'm at the Berkshires at Miraval Moore, which just opened a little over a year ago. And it's very beautiful there as well. Yeah. I want to check that one out for it's, sure. It's jaw-droppingly beautiful. There's a, a book I wrote called Reporting for the Other Side. And it, so it's the journey from, um, you know, a news anchor to trusting the spiritual and continuing to go that direction. Um, and you can you can pretty much find me online and all the information. Very cool. Um, we are so grateful and so blessed to be able to spend time with you today and learn from you. Um, and I know I just because I know my audience, you're probably now going to get 10,000 requests for a, a, a session. Um, so we're going to go ahead and tell people that you are booked for a very long I am time. Book, I am booked out, and but I'm always for what's real. Oh, and I forgot to say right. I'm on Instagram and, you know, Tina oh, right. Powers and um, on the there's two uh, Facebook pages. And so you, you guys can find me for sure. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you. I can't wait to talk to you again. I hope you have an amazing birthday. Thank you. This has been a birthday present. The Rachel Hollis podcast is hosted and executive produced by me, Rachel Hollis. The show is produced by Sterling Coates and edited by Andrew Weller.